Hello and welcome to Love Thy Lawyer, where we talk to real lawyers about their lives in and out of the practice of law, how they got to be lawyers, and what their experience has been. I'm Lewis Goodman, the host of the show, and yes, I'm a lawyer. Nobody's perfect. She is an assistant Alameda County District Attorney. She has tried numerous felony, misdemeanor, and civil jury trials. She has supervised prosecuting attorneys, testified in front of legislative bodies, and represented the district attorney's office involving the intersection of criminal prosecution and mental health. She has conducted numerous training sessions for attorneys, lectured at the University of California, and appeared in training videos. She has received honors and awards from the Charles Houston Bar Association, the American Inns of Court, and the California District Attorneys Association. She enjoys running, yoga, and scuba diving. L.D. Lewis, welcome to Love Thy Lawyer. Lewis, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. We've known each other for a while, and I just indicate for the record that that introduction is just the tip of the L.D. Lewis iceberg. You think so? Yeah, I do think so. <laughs> you, you covered a lot of bases. It was a pretty comprehensive intro. Where are you working right now? I'm stationed at the Renee C. Davidson Courthouse. 1225 Fallon Street in Oakland. And that's in the Alameda County District Attorney's Office. That's right. And how long have you been with the DA? It is officially 21 years. Go figure. Wow. That's fantastic. Where are you from originally? I was born and mostly raised until about the age of 14 in Detroit, Michigan. I went to high school in Southern California in the Inland Empire, Chino High, which Interestingly, is about to be torn down. I just read on Facebook they're going to bulldoze it and put a new state-of-the-art high school in its place. Wow. How was your high school experience in Chino? It was very interesting. I was in high school there during the Rodney King riots, and we had a surprising number of skinheads on campus. So we had riots in the high school. There were some interesting racial dynamics, very few African-American students at my high school, which was a culture shock for me because where I went to elementary school, there were absolutely no white students or teachers. As many folks may know, Detroit is an extremely segregated city. It remains the most segregated city in the United States. It's 78% African-American. And so the move from Detroit to Southern California was a culture shock. In a lot of ways, I would imagine. Yeah, you know, but I adjusted and I had some great experiences, but I also was kind of uh, blasted with a lot of race-related issues that I just was not accustomed to. When you graduated from Chino, where did you go to college? I went to Howard University in Washington, D.C. Well, that's really one of the great schools of the United States of America. I'm wondering how you chose to go to Howard. Well, it's an interesting story. One of the neighbors in my neighborhood in Detroit, their daughter went to Howard. And one year when I was in middle school, she came home and she raved about it. And her experience and what she shared about going to Howard stuck with me, believe it or not, through, you know, those 
years of high school. And so I was kind of set on attending a historically black college or university. So I applied to Howard and Spelman and I basically put my foot down and told my parents, if I don't get into one of those, I'm not going to college. Luckily, I got into both. (laughs) Well, congratulations. (laughs) Right. What did you think about going back to Washington, D.C.? How was that compared to Southern California? Again, another big culture change. Yeah, it really was. So I absolutely loved D.C. I felt like if I wasn't living here, that's literally the only other place I'd want to be. Washington, D.C. is just a really amazing cosmopolitan town where there's always something happening and going on. I was there, you know, in the Clinton years when he ran, he came and visited our campus and spoke to the student body. There was just so much going on with our School of Fine Arts. And so I just, I was left with a strong appreciation for the city. Washington is one of those places where you really do feel like you're at the center of the universe in some ways. I would agree with that and that everything that matters is happening there is is the sense that you have, you know, with all the politics and, you know, just the policy and, yeah, it's an epicenter and a lot of interesting things seem to be happening there all the time. What specifically did you get involved with at Howard? So I realized, even though I love sports, that I was too short and not good enough to get a scholarship for um, athletics. And so I actually got a scholarship for nerd activities. I was on our mock trial debate team in college, and I was on a academic scholarship for that. I basically paid my way through school on mock trial and my grade. And so I am a huge supporter of mock trial programs here in California. We have some of the best in the country. And I always love to tell young people that, you know, there's a way to pay your way through school in nerd sports like mock trial or debate. I also worked for the Department of Justice as a paralegal. I did Information Act compliance, which was super interesting. So I was falling in love with the law even while I was in college. I studied abroad. Where'd you go? I went to Mexico. Yeah. It was amazing. I came back and got another degree in Spanish. So I have a dual degree in poli-sci and Spanish because I was really into Spanish language and culture. And I'd taken enough classes that I was able to double major. So, yeah, I really enjoyed my time in Mexico. It's a beautiful country, amazing people. Where in Mexico were you? I was in Guadalajara, stayed with a really cool host family, traveled around to Guanajuato and sort of down into that like Acapulco Peninsula a little bit to Puerto Vallarta and went to Mexico City and saw the pyramids there. I've done a fair amount of traveling, but I got to say that Mexico City is really one of the most impressive cities that I've ever been in. I was surprised. I I had no idea Mm -hmm. that it was a, a true huge capital city that rivals and in many ways surpasses anything in Europe or the rest of North America. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, there's, I think sometimes a certain image of Mexico that tends to be portrayed in popular media outlets and things like that. But when you travel, 
to the country and you hit, you know, some of the other cities outside of border towns and things like that, it's just, there's so much culture. It's very cosmopolitan. You know, I just, I really enjoyed my time in Mexico and I've been back several times since just because of that experience I had studying abroad at Howard. Now, when you graduated from Howard, you ultimately went to law school. Did you go directly to law school or did you take some time off? I went directly to law school. I wish I'd taken a gap year, but I did not. I went straight to law school. When did you first start thinking about being a lawyer? Was it at the Justice Department or was it before? You know, to be honest, it was before then, but my mom was, you know, big on guiding me and my brothers in direction. So, you know, to my mom, like, you're good. You like to read. You're good at writing. That means you're a lawyer. You know, you like to draw. That means you're an architect. Like she turned like sort of artsy outlets into professional pursuits. And so my mom started talking about like maybe a lawyer might be a good fit for you when I was young. And then when I started getting serious about what am I going to do with my life more so in high school, it seemed like a sensible path. And then, yeah, I started getting really serious about it when I worked for the Department of Justice, worked for a lobbyist, stuff like that. And in college, I started getting really serious about, okay, this, I can do this. This looks like a fun way to to spend my life. (laughs) So I got serious about getting into law school, probably around my sophomore into my junior year. So where did you go to law school? I went to Berkeley. When I went there, it was Bolt Hall. And what prompted you to go to Bolt as opposed to staying on the East Coast or going down to Southern California? At Howard, I actually had two professors that were kind of instrumental. One who was from the Berkeley area and kind of basically a part of the Black Panther movement. And he really thought Berkeley would be a a great landing place and really advocated a lot with me to apply and take a serious look at Berkeley. And then one of my other professors in the classics department, her sister was a professor at Berkeley in the law school. And so between the two of them, they really sort of navigated me towards that school. And so then my mom drove me up for a visit and it was so beautiful in the Bay Area. I was like, okay, I need to spend some part of my life living in Northern California. Like this place is gorgeous. Well, having landed in beautiful Berkeley, California, again, another change from Southern (laughs) California in the Inland Empire or Washington, D.C. at Howard University. What was the feeling like and what was the experience like of being in Berkeley? Well, it was another culture shock. Berkeley, you know, I'd been in this great space of intellectual debate, but not necessarily having to deal again with a lot of racial politics. And so it was just a very intense time. How did you happen to get interested in the Alameda County District Attorney's Office as a career move? So my mom was a police officer when I was a kid. And so I have been, I was basically brought up very law enforcement friendly, still had an open mind initially about, you know, maybe being defense or being a prosecutor just because of some of the socialization I had in college and 
in at, during my Berkeley years. So I was, you know, sort of exploring, but I was leaning towards criminal practice, you know, from my mock trial days, I wanted to try lots and lots of cases. And so folks started talking about the options, Alameda DA's office interviews during the on-campus interviews at Berkeley, as did at that time a few other DA's offices. And I interned in San Francisco during a semester and basically everybody under the sun, including, interestingly, Kamala Harris, who was working in San Francisco at the time and as a Howard alum, reached out to me and took me out to lunch. She amongst other people, recommended Alameda County. If I could get in, they said I should do the summer program and hire on. It would be excellent training. And so, again, I listened to, you know, advisors and law professors and mentors. And then I did get an offer from Alameda and summered here and kind of fell in love with the place and the people and was lucky enough to get an offer. And so I joined the office in 2000. And you've been there ever since. And I've been here ever since. Well, obviously, you're someone who could pretty much do sort of whatever you want in your career. But you've stayed in the Alameda County District Attorney's Office. And I'm curious, what is it that you really like about practicing law as a criminal prosecutor? So to be honest, you know, Lou, I never thought I was going to be a career prosecutor. You know, I thought I'd rack up sort of trial experience and then take that and market it to other places. But what has kept me here so long is the helping people making change case by case. And then now in my career, having an opportunity to work more on policy and programs and System change has become a passion, to be honest with you. And I really can't imagine doing anything else. I like it. There's no describing the feeling of being able to help someone solve a problem or help them make life change. I mean, it's just there's limitless opportunity within the work of a prosecutor. If a young person was just coming out of college and thinking about a career, would you recommend the law? Would you recommend going to law school? And would you recommend heading towards criminal prosecution as a career? So I would 100% hands down recommend becoming a lawyer. You know, criminal prosecution is not for everyone, though. There's some very um, unique challenges to this work. And so I would definitely, yes, encourage a young person to become a lawyer. I would caution them, however, about choosing work, not just as a prosecutor, but in the criminal law in general, either defense or prosecution, because there's very high expectations, very high demands. You know, the rules are different for prosecutors than for other lawyers in terms of ethical rules. I mean, they write special ethical rules just for prosecutors. How is actually practicing law either met or differed from your expectations about it? So to be quite honest, it's been a lot harder, not in terms of understanding the law But in terms of the decisions and choices I've had to make about cases, about how to proceed, it's it's just really tested me and my character in a way that 
I wasn't really appreciating. Is there anything that you know now that you really wished you knew before you started practicing law or before you started being a prosecutor? You know, I wish I'd known that law school was, you know, like the things you learn in law school aren't necessarily all that related to the practice itself. You know, I I took law school very seriously, but I wasn't appreciating that I was being taught how to think and how to approach problem solving. You know, you're not going to know the answers from anything you learned in law school. You're going to know how to find the answers and how to approach finding the solutions to the problems. What do you think's the best advice that you've ever gotten? Guard your reputation with your life. <laughs> yeah. That's the best. <laughs> I, I, I was told that as a new lawyer by a couple of very, very senior prosecutors, and I, I didn't completely get what they meant at the time, but now that I've been in this practice for a couple of decades, reputation is of vital importance. What, if anything, would you change about the way the legal system works? I would say we need to do a better job of addressing the underlying and root causes of criminal misconduct. And so we do a a very poor job of that, of, you know, redirecting these folks before they get into more violent and more severe crime. And I think there's opportunities along the individual's, you know, criminal offending where we could intervene and move them away from the system. Do you think the criminal justice system is fair? No, but probably not in the way that most people consider it to not be fair. Well, how do you consider it to not be fair? So the the thing that stood out to me most, and it continues to reverberate with me, you know, 20 years later, is that victims of crime are treated horribly by our system. And what we know from the data and the research is that the outcome of a criminal case is more correlated to the race of the victim. And so it's, it's an uphill battle in my own anecdotal experience, but also in the data that's been captured across the country. It's an uphill battle for victims of color to attain just for wrongs committed against them in our system. And so I, though I thought as a new lawyer, you know, I'd be seeing what I felt like were a lot of wrongly accused defendants, trumped up charges. What I saw was a lot of victims who had no voice, who had no face and were not in any way made whole or any attempt to make them whole. There's a tendency to just completely dehumanize victims of crime. And that was a shock to me. And, you know, it's something that I struggle with right now, what I see happening in particular to victims of color, but victims of crime in general. I'm going to shift gears here a little bit. What's your family life been like and how has practicing law affected that? Well, I am a little bit of a workaholic. And so that's not so good for, for good, strong, you know, 
partner relationships, for lack of a better phrase. But I am, and I kind of waited late to have a family. So I have five-year-old now, and I'm firmly middle-aged. <laughs> so, you know, I'll be like 60 when he's 18. But I would say my son has been life-changing, and he's changed me and my my priorities a great deal since he came into my life. So, you know, I've I've not been great at work-life balance, but my son has helped me to be better. Now, you said earlier that you went to Mexico. Besides Mexico, have you had any other travel experiences that you've enjoyed? Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm huge on travel, so I've been a lot of places to Peru, to tons of places in the Caribbean, to Europe more than once to Spain, Italy a couple times, Paris. You know, I've had been lucky in friends and I have some friends and my law school friends and stuff like that that have allowed for me to couch surf to their places overseas. So yeah, I've, I've done a fair amount of traveling internationally. There's more travel that I want to have, but I do travel a bit. One of the things that I'm interested in that you mentioned is that, that you've become certified as a scuba diver. Yes. Where did you do um, that? So, because I'm a crazy person, I decided to cold water certify. I certified here in Northern California. Actually, my first certification, which was just a general open water certification, I did out of Monterey. And then I came back and did my advanced diver certification so I could go deeper within the rules. I love diving the Channel Islands, which are amazing. I've done some diving along the California coast and then diving in the Caribbean and off the coast of Mexico. You also do some creative writing. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, you know, I have a good friend who started a writing group and I started spending time with her and her writing group and writing some science fiction. And, you know, I took some writing courses in my spare time at the Laney College has some good classes to get you you know, doing writing exercises and stuff like that. I just do some writing for me to enjoy. Yeah, I, you know, I do a lot of writing for myself, too. And it's nothing that I have any interest in publishing or for that matter, even have anybody else read. But but yeah, there's there's something kind of very, I don't know, cathartic or something about about writing, don't you think? Yeah, you know, and it just feels like, you know, that creative release I guess for lack of a better phrase, I mean, so much of what we do as lawyers is very like rigid, but when you start, you know, writing, painting outside the lines for lack of a better phrase, it can just bring a lot of pleasure and enjoyment. What keeps you up at night? You know, I, I gotta tell you the current politics with our last president, with what happened on January 6th. And the direction this country is going for my son has been keeping me up. You know, my anxiety about if we're moving in some type of, you know, direction towards an autocracy or an authoritarian regime, how sound is our democracy and what that means for the young people in my life, my son, my nieces and nephew, things like that. I am, that keeps me up. Let's say you came into some real money three, four billion dollars. What, if anything, would you do differently in your life? In my life, I would work less and travel 
more <laughs> for for me personally, you know. And then if it's that astounding amount of money, I would love to be able to, you know, do some things that are sort of big things socially. I mean, I think we really need to overhaul our educational system. Let's say I had a magic wand that was one thing you could change in the legal world or the world in general. You could wave that magic wand. What what would that be? So, you know, in the legal world, in the world in general, like right now, what we really need is to resolve our homeless issue, right? I mean, poverty needs to be managed, and I feel like it's something it would just be amazing to have everyone live at a higher quality of life. So, you know, for me, poverty and homelessness would be my magic wand wave. LD, I know you've done a lot of things in the district attorney's office, and right now you're working in something that's known as the CARES Navigation Center. I was hoping you could explain to us what that is and what it does. So I'm super excited about this program. It just started earlier this year. It's pre-charging diversion for folks who have experienced a mental health or substance use disorder episode that caused them to have contact with law enforcement. It might be because they are stealing food or they are disturbing the peace or um, vandalizing things, or it might be that they've been a chronic law enforcement contact, you know, getting in the treatment and getting housed and employed, working on that. It's, you know, it's, it's been wonderful. And so I'm super excited about the cro- this program and, you know, hoping to see it grow and expand in our county. It's a pilot right now, but, you know, I think it has a lot of potential for system change where we're, you know, not even bringing people into the courts in the first place, but pushing them back into, you know, our public health system and services in lieu of the criminal cases. How how do people get referred into that? We're starting to really get folks from all kinds of sources. The main piece is, you know, if they're coming into contact with the justice system or with police officers, we really want to make a push to, you know, break that cycle and get them connected to, you know, housing and public health assistance. L.D. Lewis, thank you so much for joining me on the Love Thy Lawyer podcast today. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Lewis, it's really been a pleasure talking to you as well. Thank you for having me. That's it for today's episode of Love Thy Lawyer. If you enjoyed listening, please share it with a friend and subscribe to the podcast. If you have comments or suggestions, send me an email. I promise I'll respond. Take a look at our website at lovethylawyer.com where you can find all of our episodes, transcripts, photographs, and information. Thanks as always to my guests who share their wisdom and to Joel Katz for music, Brian Matheson for technical support, and Tracy Hart. I'm Lewis Goodman. I would love to go to outer space. I put this, I play this game with my son, would you rather? Like, go to the bottom of the ocean or go to Mars. And, you know, we both always say we'd go to Mars.